welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Okay, welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. I'm so glad you're here today to talk about uh, your great work and about listening. And the, actually, the, your book is called The Sacred Art of Listening. Um, and your first chapter starts out, it says, perhaps one of the most precious and powerful gifts we can give another person is to really listen to them, to listen with quiet, fascinated attention with our whole being fully present. This sounds simple, but if we're honest with ourselves, we do not often listen to each other so completely. And I, and I love that because that sort of sums up why it's important and, and why we, we would want to like hone these skills on listening. So can you tell me a little bit about your background and, and why this is your passion? And Sure. Uh, it's really great to, great to be here with you today as well. And um, my, my passion began about 35 years ago, 30 some odd years ago, when I got interested in um, both in interfaith work and in my own spiritual practice. And one of the things that we discovered in interfaith work, which is when, which is where people from different faith traditions gather just and uh, find out about each other and do things together. And one of the things we really discovered we needed was some guidelines about how we listen to each other to make sure that we listened with, uh, with an open mind and an open heart and that we were ready to uh, listen to understand rather than to believe that because it wasn't about that we had to believe something other than we did believe but we went, we were just interested and curious about the other people and then we came up with these guidelines for listening and so that was that was my first really uh, introduction to focusing on listening and then it just became a passion with me after that because it was like listening in the interfaith setting that's listening to other people and my spiritual practice was like listening to god and then i was invited to do a workshop with a friend of mine and colleague of mine and I discovered that one of the other aspects of listening is that listening to oneself getting to know your own inner voice so I you know out of that that whole happened over a period of about five years the, that sort of all coalesced for me there and that's how I really got into this work on opening my my comp the the name of my work is the listening center and I just that's that's how it started yeah. And so what are, what would you say that are some of the mistakes that are common that, you know, that the average person is making in situations where they're having a conversation with someone and um, they could maybe perhaps do it, doing it better? Yeah. Well, one of the, the most common things, well, there's several most common things, but one of them is interrupting, not letting people finish. And there's a saying that we have two eyes, uh, uh, one mouth and two, two ears. So maybe we should listen twice as much as we speak. And, and I think most of us try to talk, speak twice as much as we listen, because <laughs> it's oftentimes one of the other aspects of that is that when we're listening to someone, we're, we're sort of listening to what they're saying, but then we're also thinking about what we're going to say next. And that's another common thing that gets in the way of really truly listening to somebody else. Yeah. So when we do that, um, we're, we're not hearing what they're saying because I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. That's right. And, and it's like, we, we hear their words, 
and we could probably even repeat their words back to them. And if we're not really fully present with them, we're not really listening to them. We're really, we're partially listening to them and partially listening to what's going on in our own minds. Yeah. yeah. And so what are some of the ways uh, or maybe some of the, the, the words that you use when someone else is talking instead of me interrupting or interjecting or thinking about, you know, ma- making assumptions about, I know what the answer is going to be. Um, do you ask curious questions? to sort of see if the person might have more to say? Yeah, well, one of the things that I've, I've learned is to sometimes it's just to be to be silent and not say anything after they've finished speaking and give them a chance to really finish their thought. And sometimes another thing is to say, is there anything else? And wait. And the thing about asking that question is that, that it requires that I, the, quest, the person who's asking the question, that I really am ready to, ready and open to hearing them speak and not having that, I wish they would hurry up so I can say what I have to say. I mean, you have, it's about being fully present again with the person. One of the, one of the terms that I use a lot is, is that what, about what I do is help people to become a listening presence. And a listening presence is a way of being. It's a way of being in which stillness or silence and attentiveness provide a space in which someone can speak authentically and know that they've been heard. Now that's a lot of words to say what it, what it is, but I think it's so important for us to, to have, to understand that for us to really deeply listen to somebody else, we have to be present. And one of the keys to being present is to be comfortable with silence. And that's, you know, the waiting that seven, a few seconds for someone to speak that that has to be an an open silence. And there, there's a friend of mine, a colleague who said that when we listen that way, it's almost like we are midwives for someone else's thinking. We, we, we don't have the baby. We are there to support the person in having the baby as a midwife, literally. Uh, and in, this, in the listening part, we are, we are not gonna have the conversation for it. We're not gonna say their words. We're not speaking that. We're listening so that they can speak their words into a space that is safe for them to speak if that makes any sense. Sure, sure. Um, can you give me an example of a conversation that, that, that maybe you've had or that you've taught or thought about that, you know, where, where this dynamic is happening? Well, it happens in, in, a, in many conversations. I, I was just thinking the other day, something really as simple as one of my kids was talking to me and um, I thought I was trying to understand, listening to understand. And then there was something else going on in my mind. I thought, gee, that's, that's a really different way. You know, I had all this whole conversation start going on. And so I had to just stop that conversation. I became, I was aware of that and I stopped. And then I went back to listening to her, offering her that space. There's a, a, a Quaker who has a saying about this, Douglas Steer, and he says to listen another soul into a condition of discovery and disclosure may be almost the greatest service that one human being ever performs for another. Mm-hmm. It's that offering that space in yeah. which someone can yeah. really fully truly speak and know that they were being heard. Yeah, and, and what I'm hearing is that, I'm hearing the word awareness and self-awareness is so important. And I, I believe, in, and you tell me if you agree that if, so if I'm going to be in a spiritual direction session with someone and I'm, I'm a trained listener um, in that capacity. So 
I actually take a deep breath in, sort of center myself, and I, I intentionally try to let everything on my agenda go so that I can be present with that person. And there's a shift, something changes when I can sort of, but you have to sort of set the tone for that. What I'm hearing with that awareness is I have to know that my tendency and most people's tendency is to want to, you know, guess or make assumptions about the outcome of their story or just kind of get them through it so that you can interject to tell them that you have a, had a similar story or, or, or whatever it might be. We have this sort of urgency that I have felt, you know, that I maybe in my training, I'm, I'm able to sort of let that go. But I, I like that awareness piece, because you can almost set yourself up for success in a conversation that you value. Exactly. There's an exercise that I do in my workshops where we, it really focuses on this, this aspect of the listening. And it's, uh, it's done in a small groups of four or five people. And it starts out with, um, uh, we, I have what I call a listening stick. So everybody, there's this one, one, it's literally a stick or a stone or something that gets passed around. But the first person um, responds to a question and, and they respond by, they'll, they'll say the question out loud. And it's a question that uh, I generate as I'm describing the exercise. So I don't even know what it is before the, the nobody knows what that question is until it comes out. So, the, so that person, they state the question and then they reflect, they take 20 seconds or so to just go inside themselves and reflect and say, what, you know, just repeat the question to themselves and just wait and see what shows up in their mind. Then they speak as long as they need to speak. And then when they're done speaking, they go back into, into themselves and they ask themselves, what's the next question that wants to be asked? So the second person gets asked this second question. And so they, so nobody knows what their question is going to be. And so therefore they listen more attentively. Mm. So the point of this exercise at one point is to get people to listen so attentively to another person without going, because I know when, I'm, when, when we're in a group and everybody's gonna respond to the same question, I'm half listening to the person, I'm half listening to what am I gonna say when it's my yes. turn? And that this nervousness is going on thinking, oh, right. I'm gonna say the right thing yeah. or, or, oh, somebody else just said my answer. Now I'm right. thinking of something else creative. And exactly. takes, I love that. It takes the pressure off of that yeah. dynamic in the room. And people, and when they when they're finished with this exercise, we debrief, it and and almost everybody says it was such a relief not to know I wasn't going to be interrupted. Number one, number two, I found myself saying things that I didn't really know that I that I had to say because I got to that deeper level because no, I had that time. I took the time to reflect first of all to get into in touch with my what was really going on with my own inner voice, and then I I, I was able to speak it uninterrupted. And so they, they, they find that this is a very good exercise in, in exactly what you're talking about is how do, we, how do we get ourselves to that place where we can be that listening presence? So, so we slow down and we can just simply be with another person and let go of all those other thoughts that come on. And if I think about in my own life, I have a friend who's a really good listener and I love going for a walk with her because she'll say, Hey, what's going on? And then, you know, she doesn't say, is there more, but basically she's saying that without words. Right. And I always feel refreshed, but I also, because of the work that I do, I'm always careful to not overdo it and to like flip the coin and say to her, 
you know, hey, what's going on in your life? How are your kids? What's happening with you? Because, you know, I want there to be sort of this healthy balance in our relationship. Sure. Because yeah. some people are good listeners, some people are good talkers. And, um, and what would you say about balance in, in that respect? Do you well, think that, that example you just gave around the circle probably yeah. balanced out, gave everybody a voice, everybody a turn? Everybody had a voice. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that I find in, in group work too, is, is to um, start off in a group by making sure that every voice gets heard, whether, whatever it happens to be. And many times it's, uh, it can just be their name, you know, that you go around a circle and people say their name or whatever, just, but having every voice heard in a group and it's the same in a, in a conversation. It's having, having making your voice is heard and their voice is heard. And sometimes it is a one-sided conversation because you're the listener and they're the speaker. And sometimes it's a reverse depending on the situation. You know, if somebody is really having something very profound that they want to share, maybe it's their turn to just be listened to. Yeah. And then you will, you'll have a term when you, when it's time. And, and one of the things that I think that this, this notion of learning to listen to your own voice helps us find is when it's time to speak and when it's time to listen, that we can discern that there's a, there's this practice of, of just going inside and saying what wants to be said next, or what wants to be done next is a, is a way of practicing, getting in touch with that inner voice. And that after you've done this a while, you sort of realize when it's, you notice when it's time to speak and when it's time to listen. Yeah. And the example that you gave with your daughter is a perfect example of the fact that you are aware enough that you caught yourself in falling into one of those, you know, uh, older patterns. Maybe. Yeah. yeah it's, and, it, and this is, you know, I, I've been doing this work for 24 years and I, you know, I, I, this was just the other day that this happened. So it's not like you, you become a master and you don't have to have to really, you know, it's automatic. You're just going to be this amazing listener all the time. It's, that's not the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some people who live in that world, but it's not the world I live in. Maybe I should say it that way, but I, it's just, there's always so much going on. And so, yeah, I, I find myself um, really practicing the practicing what I teach uh, myself because it's yeah. really hard. I was just thinking that you said the word, I heard the word in my head, practice, practice, practice. And, you mm -hmm. know, and our whole life, I believe is, is one big practice that we're constantly yeah. evolving and growing. And um, you wrote uh, about slowing down and listening to reflect. You said, think about a time when someone was truly listening to you, not just figuring out what to say next, wishing you would hurry up or mentally reviewing a to-do list. He or she was just there listening to you. Time stood still. A sense of the sacred was present and you felt understood, refreshed, whole, connected. What a rare experience in this fast paced world. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, so that's, that, that, that's how I define the art of listening too. It's a, it's that being at one with someone else. There is an at oneness about that. And there is that sense of something else is present there when we have those moments And there. When we have those moments, it's, those are the conversations we remember. We can almost remember word for word, something that happened 25 years ago when, when it, we've had that, that real connection, that time of being yeah. one with someone else and, yeah. and being present to each other. It's holy time. It's, it's, mm. um, you know, I, I think that maybe I met, had mentioned this to you in another conversation that we had, but 
I can be in a restaurant with a loud restaurant with someone. And when we're really in that intimate, really listening to one another, that we almost, we put this energy force around us where people, everything disappears. I only hear the person in front of me. They only hear me. We lean in, you know, our body language, but then even like the wait staff will ignore us for a little bit or like, Oh, something's happening here. And it's sacred time. It's something, the thing that's happening is that we are seeing one another, listening to one another carefully in that, in that dance. And isn't that what we all desperately want, you know, so badly is to be, I do. I think that's what we're yearning for. We're yearning for community. We're yearning for connection. One of the other things I think about with this really focusing on listening is we're moving from, as a culture, I think we're used to listening with our heads. Mm. We do a lot of listening that comes right and we're very good. I mean, that's, that's something to be, be, be admired. We're good at really thinking with our heads and all the things, the advances that we've come to through our, our intellect and our intelligence and what we've done. I think this deep listening though is, is, is and what's the missing piece is listening from the heart is connecting from the heart it's like this there's this deep desire to be heard you know to be listened to in the way we've just spoken about and when we're when we when we take the time to do that that's what that then the the fountain gets filled mm. a friend of mine said that it that when we're not listened to it's like we have this empty fountain and 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 we're, we're sometimes people just talk 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 because the fountain hasn't been filled they haven't been listened to yeah. And that when that when that fountain gets gets filled with water again, that that's when people say yes and can relax. You know, somebody put me on the spot the other day and they said, tell me how you get people to move from their head to their heart. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, they have to be willing, <laughs> number one. Yeah. And number two, what I'm hearing is that, yes, we have this intellectual center. We're quick. We're thinking about things. We're constantly calculating, you know, how long will it take me to get here? And what can I, you know? Um, you know, but what I'm hearing is that when we're still and present and aware that we can move down to this other space that is life-giving. Yes. And, and that's why it's important for ourselves and yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. And that's why it's important to practice because, it, and one of the practices for that too, is silence, a practice of silence being, you know, so it, it can be a contemplative practice, a meditative practice of any kind of, uh, that will just keep us in the sense because we're so inundated with noise in our culture. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're in that, we, we like to do things. We're very much a doing culture and listening is about being. And so it's, it, and how do we get from the doing to the being? And it's really a dance anyway. It's not one or the other, it's both and. And so what some, we, this, what helps us to get to the more being aspect of our lives is to find some kind of contemplative practice. And it can be as, as short as a minute. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've suggested to people often is that just find a minute every day to one minute to be in the silence, to be intentionally silent, you know, turn off the noise around you, just time yourself for a minute and just breathe and just see what happens. And um, the studies have shown that even that short period of time can make a difference. It can, it's like a reset in your brain because our brains are moving so fast it's mm-hmm. all the time. And it's a, this moment of silence and just resets it. And yeah. then you come back refreshed and you sort of, ah. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think it's, that's really hard for people to do for some reason. And, and, and stay with me for a minute. Um, 
I create a lot of that space in my own life because of the work that I do. And just like you practice listening practices and it's, you know, your passion. I also, I teach spiritual practices, my passion. And so I'm always looking for ways to help people to layer that onto what they're already doing. Um, and if you're already getting up in the morning, right before your feet hit the ground, you could do that right in bed. Yeah. If you're already go in and you brush your teeth first thing, you could pause in front of the mirror and stretch and, and greet the day and, and say something positive. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. And, and that's what you just said, something easy, a minute. Um, I've been doing this new thing where I open my front door in the morning and it's been so beautiful because it's spring here on the East Coast and the sun is out and the grass is green and there's flowers and little chipmunks and and I'll just greet the day. I'm like, yes, come in, come in. And I stand there and I, you know, do some kind of like a salutation or um, stretch and I just pause and I just breathe it all in. And then I, and then I, then I head out for my day. So um, what are some of the ways that you would suggest that? Oh, I love what you said that, that you pause and that it's just finding those moments to pause. It can be a moment when you're sitting at a red light, waiting for the light to change. It can be a moment while you're waiting for uh, the, the water to boil or something to get, you know, your, something to heat up in the microwave. Your coffee. We, we, yeah, we can find those moments uh, throughout the day when we, when, we, when we have that intention, when we have that awareness. And because there are, there are those times and yeah. we, we just, they usually, usually just slip by us and we don't notice them. And if we want to become more effective at our listening and, and more, more intentional about our listening, I think finding these little moments throughout the day, um, sometimes some people um, will uh, have a little bit more time and they'll, they'll just light a candle. They'll do something like that. And that, that will be, or, or some people light a, a, some incense and that will be something that they use, but it's just finding those, those, those times throughout the day when we can just pause. Yeah. I love that term of pausing. I yes. think that, that that's a real helpful thing. And, and it's almost like we pause, we get in our bodies again because there's something like we're, or we're, out, we're out doing and doing and we're running around and we've got all these things to do yeah. and we get out of our bodies in some way. So that pause is like, ah, get it back behind yourself. Get <laughs> welcome back. Home. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. No, I love that. I, that's all, all I try to do all of those things. And I also don't stick with the same things all the time because we get bored. And so my new thing has been sort of letting the spring come in, mm -hmm. you know, and inviting that in and that pause. Um, but so we've talked a lot about listening um, and reflecting and pausing and awareness and, and all of that good stuff. Um, so how about if we shift a little bit and um, one of the, the quotes that, that I got from your website, you talk about the cultural and religious diversity of our communities calls for a way of listening that transcends words and belief systems. Learning to truly listen to one another is the beginning of a new understanding and compassion, which deepens and broadens our sense of community. So we've talked about intimate relationships with friends, your daughter, you know, my girlfriend that I walk with, but what about, you know, there's so much um, going on in the world about diversity. We live diverse lives now that we didn't years ago. We live in diverse communities. You know, I have my neighbor across the street has, you know, no Asian hate sign out. And every time I see it, I think, yes, you know, I, I want to, I want to put the sign on my yard. And mm -hmm. so uh, one of the ways that we can 
communicate or get along with, and you're such an expert in this area because of your interfaith work, um, is communicating in areas where we think that we're different than others. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure, I'd love to talk about that because there, there's. it seems like, especially now in our, I think for the past maybe 20, 30 years, something like that, that, that our culture has become more and more polarized, no matter what the subject. It doesn't matter what any arena that we talk about, there's, there's this polarization that occurs and it's almost like we, nobody's listening to anybody else really. And how do we, you know, how do we train, how do we transform that? Well, of course it starts with ourselves, you know, getting ourselves, getting us ourselves to listen better. But I also think that, that when we, when we, uh, one of the ways that we in the, in community start to dissipate this, this polarization is to, by storytelling. And storytelling is about listening. It's how we, we speak to each other. I think that one of the, one of the, one of the first things that to do in transforming on a larger scale is to get into relationship with people. And we get into relationship with people by listening to them, hearing their stories, finding out what they're, what they're doing. And what that does is it creates a, a sense of trust and it creates a safe space for people because we don't, we often don't tell our, our true, uh, all of our stories as, as soon as we meet someone, you know, it takes time for that to develop. Yes. And, and especially in difficult situations, you know, what are they going to think of me? Um, you know, what if, what if they, what if they refute what I say? What if they laugh at me? What if, you know, all those questions that we might have when they're, when we're in conversations that people have differing points of view on. And I think that one, one, one way to start that is to just get into relationship, just, you know, find out something about the, the other person. And a way to do that is curious questions, ask curious questions about another person that might be different than you. And I remember when I was younger, there was a woman that I worked with that was Jewish and she was always making stuff and she had was, I was so excited about her holidays and I, the religion was new to me back then. Um, And I was so excited because she was excited, but I was constantly asking her questions and she was enthusiastically bringing in recipes because she wanted to share her culture with me. And we built exactly. friendship based on, on that. So I, is that what I'm hearing you saying? Is just, you know, bring your listening skills to these situations and try to get to know the other. Yeah, and bring it, bring it with that sense of curiosity, that sense of wonder, that sense of fascination, yeah. uh, interest, and, and that, that being, being um, the stillness so that you can really hear what they're having rather than judging what they're saying, you're really just listening. And most people in the interfaith work that I've done from all different traditions, all, all, all over the world. And one of the things that I've discovered is that most people really like to be asked questions about their, that, their faith tradition, if using interfaith as an example. Yeah. They are delighted to be able to share with you why they do what they do or what this food means or what this ritual means. It's just, it's a wonderful way to get to know someone. And that's a storytelling. Yeah. And, you know, you can take any other aspect too that you had. It doesn't have to be just around interfaith, but you can be interested in people, be curious about people, ask them questions. And Kate, what happens when we do that? Do we, 
you know, do you witness that the person softens, their guard is let down a little bit and sort of that, that you move from that headspace maybe to the heart space, what we were talking about before. You do, because you find things that you, you, you connect on. There, there are various things. Oh, I see. Well, you do that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can see. I can understand how that might work that way. And, and, and you, you know, you just sort of, it, 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 it expands my heart. Yeah. When I listen to somebody else, whatever the subject is, that's something new, you know, I am opened up, I am expanded and, and I, I learned something. And then I, I, it, it's that reciprocal relationship though, because we both, we both have end up uh, more connected and op more open to further conversation and further storytelling, yeah. I think. So how do we prepare people to listen, you know, that important step in this process? Yeah, well, I think we've, we've sort of touched on some of the things to help us prepare. And one of them is to get comfortable with silence, yeah. that, that there is no listening without silence. If we're li because if we're listening to what's the conversation in our head, or we're listening to something over here, or we're hearing, you know, we're, we're distracted, then we're really not present with the other person. Yeah. So I think that being comfortable with silence, and, and I think that the, just the one practice of, of um, taking a minute of silence. Yep. And I know some people have started with a minute and then they've expanded it. They've taken a minute, you know, two or three times during the day, or, or they'll expand it to a couple of minutes. Yeah. And what, what most people find is that when they, when they start with that one minute even, it just opens something up in them that, that, that feels... Uh, some kind of almost like relief. Oh, finally, I'm getting a break here. <laughs> you know, I think our brains are kind of saying that sometimes. We, we, we ask a lot of our brains and we keep, the, we keep them very busy. And sometimes I think, oh, they need a timeout. You know, let's just have a timeout for our brains. Uh, let's just you know, take that minute and just get into our, our own bodies, get into our heart space. So I think one of, the one of the key practices to become better at listening is to become comfortable with silence. Yeah, and that was part of my training that I felt uncomfortable with at first is, you know, and especially when I started to lead group, small groups years ago and I was a little insecure, unsure of, of my gifts back then. And and I would think, I would ask a question and nobody would answer. And I would think, oh, I've done something wrong. Like nobody's saying anything. And now I actually savor that because if you wait, it's amazing what comes because eventually it comes out. You just have to give people a minute, you know, and, and, and let it sort of, sort of bubble up. So I love and, and I, my suggestion for people who are listening is that I play, play the silence like a game, see what happens mm -hmm. in when you can let, let yourself just sit in that for a little bit when someone else is talking. Yeah, that's um, kind or, of the, the, another practice is that, that, that self-reflective practice is that opening up and you're holding that space for someone else. And you don't have to jump into it. You just hold that space. And I love what you just said because I've had similar experiences and you just wait and it's just amazing what does come out. And it's just that comfortable. And I, I'm, I'm a, a not, what is the, what is the word uh, that, that I hear used a lot? It's some kind of a presence, a non-threatening presence. That's not the right word, but there's a, there's a word, but it's just like, we're that, that, that witnessing presence you know, that presence of being ready and willing and able to witness somebody else. And I love that, you know, that that's, that happens that way. And I think that's a, a wonderful practice. And, and that that's part of the, the practice of just, you know, asking, is there anything else? And then waiting, 
being comfortable with that. So there, there's also the silences in that part of that. And also that, that just that opening that up, that, that space to be there. So you wrote that we must learn to listen if there is to be peace in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really think that's true. Um, what I think part of this, one of the, the precursors to that, I think, happened to me in 1993. I was at the Parliament of the World's Religions in Chicago. And this was the first, uh, the second parliament. The first one had been held in 1893, and then nothing had happened since then. Wow. Um, so 1993, and there were like eight to 10,000 people from all over the world in Chicago at this gathering. And one of the people there was a theologian by the name of Hans Kung. And one of the things he said in that that really impressed me is that he said there'll be no peace among nations until there's dialogue. No, there'll be no peace among nations until there's peace among religions. There'll be no peace among religions until there's dialogue among religions. And that's what that's a, so dialogue. That's speaking and listening. And I thought that's that's what I want to do. I want to you know that's 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 good. that is, that really impressed me, and I it has informed my work in some many ways ever since then, that, that that part of this is to, is it leads to peace. This is the tool that we need going forward in the world to find that peace that we're all looking for, um, especially around these, these hot topics that, the, yeah. you know, that everybody is so divided over that if we could listen to one another, you know, I remember noticing when I was a kid, it's funny, like somebody at school would tell, they'd be mad at someone and they would tell me their side of the story. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, yeah, I can't believe that. And then I would go over to the other person. And then, you know, cause I was like, I guess befriending everybody back then. And I would listen to the other side and I would think, oh, right. Yeah. And then I would think to myself, wow, I'm so confused because I believe both of them. Mm -hmm. And what I think I'm, what I think I'm getting at is that every side, you know, has their own story and they are right in some ways, you know, yeah. that we might, we don't have to agree with it necessarily. Um, and I can't find it. I was, I was looking for it, but you wrote out somewhere and I'll put this um, with the podcast on your bio page, but you wrote out each religion sort of yeah. mantra or statement for the golden rule. Yeah. 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 They, and they, they all really, really are saying the same thing. They just use different language. You know, that do unto others what you would have them do unto you is the way that Christian uh, say it, says it. But there, there, all the other traditions have something that just is almost almost the same thing, just using different words. And the length of them, I noticed, were all about the same length, too, yes. which was interesting. They weren't paragraphs. They all had like one or two or three lines. And the yeah. similarities of what we're all seeking is really the same thing. Yeah. And in order to find peace, what I'm, you know, what I'm suggesting or hearing today in, in, is that, um, is that it starts with listening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, there are three things that come to my mind in this conversation. One is that it's a, it, we live in a, in a both and world, although, you know, we, we live, we, we have the opportunity to live in a both and world, but we seem to listen and live in an either or world. Um, and with the either or world is you're right, I'm wrong, or I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong, you know, and um, that, that that's what is so difficult and leads to so many um, cases of violence in the world is that one of a, you know, it, it, so there's, there's that part. And it's like one, one, a wise person once said to me, would you rather be right? Or would you rather be in relationship? 
you know, choose, you get to choose. And you know, that's like this whole thing about, well, you said that this, this person has some, has, has this, I, yeah, I agree with that, that, and this one, I agree with that one. So, you know, it's almost like there are no real answers to that, but there are responses and there's, you know, my response is as valid as your response. Now we may disagree about the term, terms of that response, but we can work those things out if we really listen to each other. And we, when we validate each other, we're, we are each uh, have dignity, we're each human being. Yes. You know, I'm not, you're not less than me because you don't, uh, you don't think the way I do. I'm not less than you because I don't think the way you do. So, you know, it's just, but we mix that up somehow. So that's, you know, it's all part of listening. And I think that's why I think listening is such an important skill right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it is critical for, for us to move forward in, in, in the things that we would like to see and the change we would like to happen. I think it's the only way. I think it's the key. Um, And it's hard work. It's a, there's this, this quote that says, listening looks easy, but it's not simple. Every head is a world. It takes, it's work to, to listen. We have, it takes energy to listen. Yeah. It takes time. It takes patience. And it's all, it's all worth it. But it, it's like, there's no instant fix. In other words, it's not going to happen just yeah. like boom. But, you know, everything that we want that's of value, or at least that's been my experience in my life, I've had to work at or work towards, you know, I, I want to be more conscious of my life. I want to have deeper, better relationships in my life. I've had to work at them. It doesn't just happen. Um, you know, naturally you might have something happen that's good for a little while, but if you want to continue it, you need to consciously work at it. I think we, as a people are being called to consciously work at it. And this is, I think a, um, an important way that we can get there, a peaceful way that we can get there. Yeah. And we have, we, we, right now, we seem to spend a lot of time uh, othering people, yes. you know, the, the other one, it's us versus them or they, um, and, and it's just, and we, we tend to prejudge people, somebody, even as simple as the way somebody dresses, uh, you can, you know, that will prejudge something. I've had several experiences that, you know, over the years I've looked at and I thought, oh my goodness, you, you really, you know, you prejudge that person just because they were dressed a certain way. And then I start talking to them and listening, listening to their story. And I find that we have so much to share with each other. And, and I think that we, if we see something different, it's like, oh, that's that I, you know, we push it away rather than open it up. And that's one of the things I think listening can help us do. Yeah. One of my kids just did a great study like that. They went to like a local fast food place and they wore different outfits and acted differently and watched people's reactions and then went back to class and talked about it. And they maybe videotaped some of it, but I think they got, a, the kids got a lot out of it because they saw the value in that. And I've seen that in my own life. If I dress a certain way intentionally, you know, because I know that the person in front of me will have a higher respect or a different regard for me by the way that I'm dressed. Cause we do do that. We make assumptions and we size somebody up and yeah. Um, yeah, I know a guy who's very wealthy, who wears, who drives a very beaten up car and he pulled up to an event that he was hosting and they said to him, the servers are parked around the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they, they checked out his car and they didn't think. Yeah. And he, meanwhile, he was he was the, you know, benefited the whole the whole, whole thing. <laughs> right. so, um, well, thank you. This is this is also important. Um, 
I, I love to ask people what their favorite words to live by or their favorite quote yeah. or inspiration um, is uh, at the end. And you had sent this to me a while back and you said that listening is so close to being loved that most people cannot tell the difference. Yeah, I love that quote. I, I just, uh, when I first saw it, I just, I just knew that was something that was going to be with me for all, all my work, work life, because it just, it really, listening is about loving and loving is about listening. Yeah. Yeah. And when someone listens to me, I feel loved and yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's like we said at the very beginning, that's what we're all longing for. We're hoping to be seen, to be loved, to be noticed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, these skills can help us achieve that and receive it and give it to us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's another quote that I, I want to read. I've got it on my wall. Yeah. Okay. And it says, listening to your heart, finding out who you are is not simple. It takes time for the chatter to quiet down. In the silence of not doing, we begin to know what we feel. If we listen and hear what is being offered, then anything in life can be our guide. Mm -hmm. Listen. Amen. I love that quote. I'm Pam Rotelli Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at talkingjoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.